Talents, Part Two of Christ's Object Lessons. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Beth Thomas. Christ's Object Lessons by Ellen G. White. Talents, Part Two. Health. Health is a blessing of which few appreciate the value. Yet upon it the efficiency of our mental and physical powers largely depends. Our impulses and passions have their seat in the body, and it must be kept in the best condition physically and under the most spiritual influences, in order that our talents may be put to the highest use. Anything that lessens physical strength enfeebles the mind, and makes it less capable of discriminating between right and wrong. We become less capable of choosing the good, and have less strength of will to do that which we know to be right. The misuse of our physical powers shortens the period of time in which our lives can be used for the glory of God, and it unfits us to accomplish the work God has given us to do. By allowing ourselves to form wrong habits, by keeping late hours, by gratifying appetite at the expense of health, we lay the foundation for feebleness. By neglecting physical exercise, by overworking mind or body, we unbalance the nervous system. Those who thus shorten their lives and unfit themselves for service by disregarding nature's laws are guilty of robbery towards God, and they are robbing their fellow men also. The opportunity of blessing others, the very work for which God sent them into the world, has by their own course of action been cut short, and they have unfitted themselves to do even that which in a briefer period of time they might have accomplished. The Lord holds us guilty when by our injurious habits we thus deprive the world of good. Transgression of physical law is transgression of the moral law, for God is as truly the author of physical laws as he is the author of the moral law. His law is written with his own finger upon every nerve, every muscle, every faculty which has been entrusted to man, and every misuse of any part of our organism is a violation of that law. All should have an intelligent knowledge of the human frame that they may keep their bodies in the condition necessary to do the work of the Lord. The physical life is to be carefully preserved and developed, that through humanity the divine nature may be revealed in its fullness. The relation of the physical organism to the spiritual life is one of the most important branches of education. It should receive careful attention in the home and in the school. All need to become acquainted with their physical structure and the laws that control natural life. He who remains in willing ignorance of the laws of his physical being, and who violates them through ignorance, is sinning against God. All should place themselves in the best possible relation to life and health. Our habits should be brought under the control of a mind that is itself under the control of God. Know ye not, says the Apostle Paul, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Strength We are to love God, not only with all the heart, mind, and soul, but with all the strength. This covers the full intelligent use of the physical powers. Christ was a true worker in temporal as well as in spiritual things, and into all his work he brought a determination to do his Father's will. The things of heaven and earth are more closely connected and are more directly under the supervision of Christ than many realize. It was Christ who planned the arrangement for the first earthly tabernacle. He gave every specification in regard to the building of Solomon's temple. The one who in his earthly life worked as a carpenter in the village of Nazareth was the heavenly architect who marked out the plan for the sacred building where his name was to be honored. 
it was christ who gave to the builders of the tabernacle wisdom to execute the most skilful and beautiful workmanship he said see i have called by name bezaleel the son of uri the son of hur of the tribe of judah and i have filled him with the spirit of god in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship and i behold i have given with him aholiab the son of ahizamach of the tribe of dan and in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted i have put wisdom that they may make all that i have commanded thee god desires that his workers in every line shall look to him as the giver of all they possess all right inventions and improvements have their source in him who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in working the skilful touch of the physician's hand his power over nerve and muscle his knowledge of the delicate organism of the body is the wisdom of divine power to be used in behalf of the suffering the skill with which the carpenter uses the hammer the strength with which the blacksmith makes the anvil ring comes from god he has entrusted men with talents and he expects them to look to him for counsel whatever we do in whatever department of the work we are placed he desires to control our minds that we may do perfect work religion and business are not two separate things they are one bible religion is to be interwoven with all we do or say divine and human agencies are to combine in temporal as well as in spiritual achievements they are to be united in all human pursuits in mechanical and agricultural labors in mercantile and scientific enterprises there must be cooperation in everything embraced in christian activity god has proclaimed the principles on which alone this cooperation is possible his glory must be the motive of all who are laborers together with him all our work is to be done from love to god and in accordance with his will it is just as essential to do the will of god when erecting a building as when taking part in a religious service and if the workers have brought the right principles into their own character making then in the erection of every building they will grow in grace and knowledge but god will not accept the greatest talents or the most splendid service unless self is laid upon the altar a living consuming sacrifice the root must be holy else there can be no fruit acceptable to god the lord made daniel and joseph shrewd managers he could work through them because they did not live to please their own inclination but to please god the case of daniel has a lesson for us it reveals the fact that a businessman is not necessarily a sharp policy man he can be instructed by god at every step daniel while prime minister of the kingdom of babylon was a prophet of god receiving the light of heavenly inspiration worldly ambitious statesmen are represented in the word of god as the grass that groweth up and as the flower of the grass that fadeth yet the lord desires to have in his service intelligent men men qualified for various lines of work there is need of businessmen who will weave the grand principles of truth into all their transactions and their talents should be perfected by most thorough study and training if men in any line of work need to improve their opportunities to become wise and efficient it is those who are using their ability in building up the kingdom of god in our world of daniel we learn that in all his business transactions when subjected to the closest scrutiny not one fault or error could be found he was a sample of what every businessman may be his history shows what may be accomplished by one who consecrates the strength of brain and bone and muscle of heart and life to the service of god money god also entrusts men with means he gives them power to get wealth he waters the earth with the dews of heaven and with the showers of refreshing rain 
he gives the sunlight which warms the earth awakening to life the things of nature and causing them to flourish and bear fruit and he asks for a return of his own our money has not been given us that we might honor and glorify ourselves as faithful stewards we are to use it for the glory and honor of god some think that only a portion of their means is the lord's when they have set apart a portion for religious and charitable purposes they regard the remainder as their own to be used as they see fit but in this they mistake all we possess is the lord's and we are accountable to him for the use we make of it in the use of every penny it will be seen whether we love god supremely and our neighbor as ourselves money has great value because it can do great good in the hands of god's children it is food for the hungry drink for the thirsty and clothing for the naked it is a defense for the oppressed and a means to help the sick but money is of no more value than sand only as it is put to use in providing for the necessities of life in blessing others and in advancing the cause of christ hoarded wealth is not merely useless it is a curse in this life it is a snare to the soul drawing the affections away from the heavenly treasure in the great day of god its witness to unused talents and neglected opportunities will condemn its possessor the scripture says go to now ye rich men weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire ye have heaped treasure together for the last days behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields which is of you kept back by fraud crieth and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the lord of sabaoth but christ sanctions no lavish or careless use of means his lesson in economy gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost is for all his followers he who realizes that his money is a talent from god will use it economically and will feel it a duty to save that he may give the more means we expend in display and self-indulgence the less we can have to feed the hungry and clothe the naked every penny used unnecessarily deprives the spender of a precious opportunity of doing good it is robbing god of the honor and glory which should flow back to him through the improvement of his entrusted talents kindly impulses and affections kindly affections generous impulses and a quick apprehension of spiritual things are precious talents and lay their possessor under a weighty responsibility all are to be used in god's service but here many err satisfied with the possession of these qualities they fail to bring them into active service for others they flatter themselves that if they had the opportunity if circumstances were favorable they would do a great and good work but they are awaiting the opportunity they despise the narrowness of the poor niggard who grudges even a pittance to the needy they see that he is living for self and that he is responsible for his misused talents with much complacency they draw the contrast between themselves and such narrow-minded ones feeling that their own condition is much more favorable than that of their mean-souled neighbors but they are deceiving themselves the mere possession of unused qualities only increases their responsibility those who possess large affections are under obligation to god to bestow them not merely on their friends but on all who need their help social advantages are talents and are to be used for the benefit of all within reach of our influence the love that gives kindness to only a few is not love but selfishness it will not in any way work for the good of souls or the glory of god 
those who thus leave their master's talents unimproved are even more guilty than other ones for whom they feel such contempt to them it will be said ye knew your master's will but did it not talents multiplied by use talents used are talents multiplied success is not the result of chance or of destiny it is the outworking of god's own providence the reward of faith and discretion of virtue and persevering effort the lord desires us to use every gift we have and if we do this we shall have greater gifts to use he does not supernaturally endow us with the qualifications we lack but while we use that which we have he will work with us to increase and strengthen every faculty by every whole-hearted earnest sacrifice for the master's service our powers will increase while we yield ourselves as instruments for the holy spirit's working the grace of god works in us to deny old inclinations to overcome powerful propensities and to form new habits as we cherish and obey the promptings of the spirit our hearts are enlarged to receive more and more of his power and to do more and better work dormant energies are aroused and palsied faculties receive new life the humble worker who obediently responds to the call of god may be sure of receiving divine assistance to accept so great and holy a responsibility is itself elevating to the character it calls into action the highest mental and spiritual powers and strengthens and purifies the mind and heart through faith in the power of god it is wonderful how strong a weak man may become how decided his efforts how prolific of great results he who begins with a little knowledge in a humble way and tells what he knows while seeking diligently for further knowledge will find the whole heavenly treasure awaiting his demand the more he seeks to impart light the more light he will receive the more one tries to explain the word of god to others with a love for souls the plainer it becomes to himself the more we use our knowledge and exercise our powers the more knowledge and power we shall have every effort made for christ will react in blessing upon ourselves if we use our means for his glory he will give us more as we seek to win others to christ bearing the burden of souls in our prayers our own hearts will throb with the quickening influence of god's grace our own affections will glow with more divine fervor our whole christian life will be more of a reality more earnest more prayerful the value of man is estimated in heaven according to the capacity of the heart to know god this knowledge is the spring from which flows all power god created man that every faculty might be the faculty of the divine mind he is ever seeking to bring the human mind into association with the divine he offers us the privilege of cooperation with christ in revealing his grace to the world that we may receive increased knowledge of heavenly things looking unto jesus we obtain brighter and more distinct views of god and by beholding we become changed goodness love for our fellow-men becomes our natural instinct we develop a character which is the counterpart of the divine character growing into his likeness we enlarge our capacity for knowing god more and more we enter into fellowship with the heavenly world and we have continually increasing power to receive the riches of the knowledge and wisdom of eternity the one talent the man who received the one talent went and digged in the earth and hid his lord's money it was the one with the smallest gift who left his talent unimproved in this is given a warning to all who feel that the smallness of their endowments excuses them from service for christ if they could do some great thing how gladly would they undertake it but because they can serve only in little things they think themselves justified in doing nothing 
in this they err the lord in his distribution of gifts is testing character the man who neglected to improve his talent proved himself an unfaithful servant had he received five talents he would have buried them as he buried the one his misuse of the one talent showed that he despised the gifts of heaven he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much the importance of the little things is often underrated because they are small but they supply much of the actual discipline of life there are really no non-essentials in the christian's life our character building will be full of peril while we underrate the importance of the little things he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much by unfaithfulness in even the smallest duties man robs his maker of the service which is his due this unfaithfulness reacts upon himself he fails of gaining the grace the power the force of character which may be received through an unreserved surrender to god living apart from christ he is subject to satan's temptations and he makes mistakes in his work for the master because he is not guided by right principles in little things he fails to obey god in the great matters which he regards as his special work the defects cherished in dealing with life's minor details pass into more important affairs he acts on the principles to which he has accustomed himself thus actions repeated form habits habits form character and by the character our destiny for time and for eternity is decided only by faithfulness in the little things can the soul be trained to act with fidelity under larger responsibilities god brought daniel and his fellows into connection with the great men of babylon that these heathen men might become acquainted with the principles of true religion in the midst of a nation of idolaters daniel was to represent the character of god how did he become fitted for a position of so great trust and honor it was his faithfulness in the little things that gave complexion to his whole life he honored god in the smallest duties and the lord cooperated with him to daniel and his companions god gave knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams as god called daniel to witness for him in babylon so he calls us to be his witnesses in the world today in the smallest as well as the largest affairs of life he desires us to reveal to men the principles of his kingdom christ in his life on earth taught the lesson of careful attention to the little things the great work of redemption weighed continually upon his soul as he was teaching and healing all the energies of mind and body were taxed to the utmost yet he noticed the most simple things in life and in nature his most instructive lessons were those in which by the simple things of nature he illustrated the great truths of the kingdom of god he did not overlook the necessities of the humblest of his servants his ear heard every cry of need he was awake to the touch of the afflicted woman in the crowd the very slightest touch of faith brought a response when he raised from the dead the daughter of jairus he reminded her parents that she must have something to eat when by his own mighty power he rose from the tomb he did not disdain to fold and put carefully in the proper place the grave clothes in which he had been laid away the work to which as christians we are called is to cooperate with christ for the salvation of souls this work we have entered into covenant with him to do to neglect the work is to prove disloyal to christ but in order to accomplish this work we must follow his example of faithful conscientious attention to the little things this is the secret of success in every line of christian effort and influence the lord desires his people to reach the highest round of the ladder that they may glorify him by possessing the ability he is willing to bestow
through the grace of god every provision has been made for us to reveal that we act upon better plans than those upon which the world acts we are to show a superiority in intellect in understanding in skill and knowledge because we believe in god and in his power to work upon human hearts but those who have not a large endowment of gifts need not become discouraged let them use what they have faithfully guarding every weak point in their characters seeking by divine grace to make it strong into every action of life we are to weave faithfulness and loyalty cultivating the attributes that will enable us to accomplish the work habits of negligence should be resolutely overcome many think it is a sufficient excuse for the grossest errors to plead forgetfulness but do they not as well as others possess intellectual faculties then they should discipline their minds to be retentive it is a sin to forget a sin to be negligent if you form a habit of negligence you may neglect your own soul's salvation and at last find that you are unready for the kingdom of god great truths must be brought into little things practical religion is to be carried into the lowly duties of daily life the greatest qualification for any man is to obey implicitly the word of the lord because they are not connected with some directly religious work many feel that their lives are useless that they are doing nothing for the advancement of god's kingdom but this is a mistake if their work is that which someone must do they should not accuse themselves of uselessness in the great household of god the humblest duties are not to be ignored any honest work is a blessing and faithfulness in it may prove a training for higher trusts however lowly any work done for god with a full surrender of self is as acceptable to him as the highest service no offering is small that is given with true-heartedness and gladness of soul wherever we may be christ bids us to take up the duty that presents itself if this is in the home take hold willingly and earnestly to make home a pleasant place if you are a mother train your children for christ this is as verily a work for god as is that of the minister in the pulpit if your duty is in the kitchen seek to be a perfect cook prepare food that will be healthful nourishing and appetizing and as you employ the best ingredients in preparing food remember that you are to give your mind the best thoughts if it is your work to till the soil or to engage in any other trade or occupation make a success of the present duty put your mind on what you are doing in all your work represent christ do as he would do in your place however small your talent god has a place for it that one talent wisely used will accomplish its appointed work by faithfulness in little duties we are to work on the plan of addition and god will work for us on the plan of multiplication these littles will become the most precious influences in his work let a living faith run like threads of gold through the performance of even the smallest duties then all the daily work will promote christian growth there will be a continual looking unto jesus love for him will give vital force to everything that is undertaken thus through the right use of our talents we may link ourselves by a golden chain to the higher world this is true sanctification for sanctification consists in the cheerful performance of daily duties in perfect obedience to the will of god but many christians are waiting for some great work to be brought to them because they cannot find a place large enough to satisfy their ambition they fail to perform faithfully the common duties of life these seem to them uninteresting day by day they let slip opportunities for showing their faithfulness to god while they are waiting for some great work life passes away its purposes unfulfilled its work unaccomplished the talents returned after a long time the lord of these servants cometh and reckoneth with them 
when the lord takes account of his servants the return from every talent will be scrutinized the work done reveals the character of the worker those who have received the five and the two talents return to the lord the entrusted gifts with their increase in doing this they claim no merit for themselves their talents are those that have been delivered to them they have gained other talents but there could have been no gain without the deposit they see that they have done only their duty the capital was the lord's the improvement is his had not the saviour bestowed upon them his love and grace they would have been bankrupt for eternity but when the master receives the talents he approves and rewards the workers as though the merit were all their own his countenance is full of joy and satisfaction he is filled with delight that he can bestow blessings upon them for every service and every sacrifice he requites them not because it is a debt he owes but because his heart is overflowing with love and tenderness well done thou good and faithful servant he says thou hast been faithful over a few things i will make thee ruler over many things enter thou into the joy of thy lord it is the faithfulness the loyalty to god the loving service that wins divine approval every impulse of the holy spirit leading men to goodness and to god is noted in the books of heaven and in the day of god the workers through whom he has wrought will be commended they will enter into the joy of the lord as they see in his kingdom those who have been redeemed through their instrumentality and they are privileged to participate in his work there because they have gained a fitness for it by participation in his work here what we shall be in heaven is the reflection of what we are now in character and holy service christ said of himself the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister this his work on earth is his work in heaven and our reward for working with christ in this world is the greater power and wider privilege of working with him in the world to come then he which had received the one talent came and said lord i knew thee that thou art a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strewed and i was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth lo there thou hast that is thine thus men excuse their neglect of god's gifts they look upon god as severe and tyrannical as watching to spy out their mistakes and visit them with judgments they charge him with demanding what he has never given with reaping where he has not sown there are many who in their hearts charge god with being a hard master because he claims their possessions and their service but we can bring to god nothing that is not already his all things come of thee said king david and of thine own have we given thee all things are god's not only by creation but by redemption all the blessings of this life and of the life to come are delivered to us stamped with the cross of calvary therefore the charge that god is a hard master reaping where he has not sown is false the master does not deny the charge of the wicked servant unjust as it is but taking him on his own ground he shows that his conduct is without excuse ways and means had been provided whereby the talent might have been improved to the owner's profit thou oughtest he said to have put my money to the exchanges and then at my coming i should have received mine own with ursury our heavenly father requires no more nor less than he has given us ability to do he lays upon his servants no burdens that they are not able to bear he knoweth our frame he remembereth that we are dust all that he claims from us we through divine grace can render unto whomsoever much is given of him much shall be required we shall individually be held responsible for doing one jot less than we have ability to do the lord measures with exactness every possibility for service the unused capabilities are as much brought into account as are those that are improved 
for all that we might become through the right use of our talents god holds us responsible we shall be judged according to what we ought to have done but did not accomplish because we did not use our powers to glorify god even if we do not lose our souls we shall realize in eternity the result of our unused talents for all the knowledge and ability that we might have gained and did not there will be an eternal loss but when we give ourselves wholly to god and in our work follow his directions he makes himself responsible for its accomplishment he would not have us conjecture as to the success of our honest endeavours not once should we even think of failure we are to cooperate with one who knows no failure we should not talk of our own weakness and inability this is a manifest distrust of god a denial of his word when we murmur because of our burdens or refuse the responsibilities he calls upon us to bear we are virtually saying that he is a hard master that he requires what he has not given us power to do the spirit of the slothful servant we are often fain to call humility but true humility is widely different to be clothed with humility does not mean that we are to be dwarfs in intellect deficient in aspiration and cowardly in our lives shunning burdens lest we fail to carry them successfully real humility fulfills god's purposes by depending upon his strength god works by whom he will he sometimes selects the humblest instrument to do the greatest work for his power is revealed through the weakness of men we have our standard and by it we pronounce one thing great and another small but god does not estimate according to our rule we are not to suppose that what is great to us must be great to god or that what is small to us must be small to him it does not rest with us to pass judgment on our talents or to choose our work we are to take up the burdens that god appoints bearing them for his sake and ever going to him for rest whatever our work god is honored by whole-hearted cheerful service he is pleased when we take up our duties with gratitude rejoicing that we are accounted worthy to be co-laborers with him the talent removed upon the slothful servant the sentence was take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents here as in the reward of the faithful worker is indicated not merely the reward at the final judgment but the gradual process of retribution in this life as in the natural so in the spiritual world every power unused will weaken and decay activity is the law of life idleness is death the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit withal employed to bless others his gifts increase shut up to self-serving they diminish and are finally withdrawn he who refuses to impart that which he has received will at last find that he has nothing to give he is consenting to a process that surely dwarfs and finally destroys the faculties of the soul let none suppose that they can live a life of selfishness and then having served their own interests enter into the joy of their lord in the joy of unselfish love they could not participate they would not be fitted for the heavenly courts they could not appreciate the pure atmosphere of love that pervades heaven the voices of the angels and the music of their harps would not satisfy them to their minds the science of heaven would be as an enigma in the great judgment day those who have not worked for christ those who have drifted along carrying no responsibility thinking of themselves pleasing themselves will be judged by the judge of all the earth with those who did evil they will receive the same condemnation many who profess to be christians neglect the claims of god and yet they do not feel that in this there is any wrong they know that the blasphemer the murderer the adulterer deserves punishment but as for them they enjoy the services of religion 
they love to hear the gospel preached and therefore they think themselves christians though they have spent their lives in caring for themselves they will be as much surprised as was the unfaithful servant in the parable to hear the sentence take the talent from him like the jews they mistake the enjoyment of their blessings for the use they should make of them many who excuse themselves from christian effort plead their inability for the work but did god make them so incapable no never this inability has been produced by their own inactivity and perpetuated by their deliberate choice already in their own characters they are realizing the result of the sentence take the talent from him the continual misuse of their talents will effectually quench for them the holy spirit which is the only light the sentence cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness sets heaven's seal to the choice which they themselves have made for eternity end of talents part two